Hello, I'm Monsignor Jim Lasanti. Today, I'm personally speaking, I'm delighted that we'll be joined by former NFL quarterback Kurt Warner. Please stay with us. to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Santi, and former NFL quarterback Kurt Warner joins me now. Kurt played 12 seasons in the NFL for the St. Louis Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, and the New York Giants. He won a Super Bowl ring with the St. Louis Rams in 2000 and was named the Super Bowl MVP. He was inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2017. Kurt recently announced that a movie based on his life, telling the story of his astonishing rise, from grocery store stock boy to pro football hall of famer is expected to hit theaters in December and is tentatively titled American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Kurt is married to Brenda and he's the father of seven and he expresses his faith so openly. In practically every interview, the born again Christian is quick to credit God for his success. He's here with us today to talk about his life, his career, his marriage, his family, and the faith that defines him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the great NFL quarterback, Kurt Warner. Well, I got to ask you, the introduction, the forward is by Jamie, your do- Jesse, your daughter. And uh, she says, uh, I don't know anything about football. I don't have to, though, to know that my parents are great. Did you pay her to say that? Uh, we did not. <laughs> I'm not sure she still believes it to this day. So uh, <laughs> we must have got her at a good time. Now, she was going off to college at this point. Where is she now? Uh, she's actually in Arizona as well. Um, she um, she has two kids, so we've got two grandkids now. And uh, oh, so that's great! And, um, yeah, not not too far from us at all. So it's actually uh, it's a huge blessing to to have her in the area and to have our grandkids here and right. experiencing what uh, what being a grandparent is all about. Kurt, I want to talk about uh, one of the, one of the few people in football I would consider a close friend uh, is the uh, retired Mark Bavaro. And the way Mark and I became friends was through our mutual work in the pro-life movement. But I remember when he used to catch balls for the touchdown uh, and he'd kneel down and say a prayer that Sports Illustrated magazine had an editorial saying, hey, Mark, save your faith for your church and nothing public. Um, I mentioned Mark because if Mark is guilty of uh, a faith that is not afraid to be public, you certainly are. The the idea that I'm not going to just keep my faith closeted, but I'm going to share it with the world. I'm sure you must get blowback on that occasionally, or certainly did. Uh, what gave you the strength to say, look, this is who I am, take it or leave it? Well, I mean, I don't know if it was, you know, so much strength. I don't know if I, I would use that word as much as it was who I was. And yeah. so th- there really wasn't a, you know, turning it on and turning it off, you know, be this guy in one setting and be this guy in another setting. It was just who, you know, who I was as an individual and what I believed in. And I felt like it should go with me everywhere that, uh, you know, faith, you know, would, would override everything else in my life, whether it was family or whether it was football or, or anything else. And so um, to me, it was just a, a part of the makeup of who I was. Now, there, there's always becomes a choice on how exactly 
you share that and, right. and how you represent that. Um, and, and so I think that became, and maybe more of the question you're asking, you know, relates to that is why did you choose uh, to share it the way that I did? And, you know, early on, I, I felt it was important, especially as I was having success, uh, mm -hmm. to let people know who I was and what I represented and what was the most important thing and where my priorities were in life. Right. And so early on, it became, uh, you know, I had to be much more outspoken and had to share, you know, words of faith. And to me, it was about setting a standard of, of who I was going to be and what people should expect from me, what kind of standard they should hold me to in regards to the way that I would carry myself and the character that I would have and uh, allowing my faith to lead me. And then I realized, you know, after doing that for a period of time, um, that becomes kind of like your nameplate, you know, it's like, it's what people you know, recognize, it's what they see. And so then it became more about, okay, how do I, I live that out on a daily basis? How do I make sure that in every setting, uh, you know, I'm practicing what I preach, so to speak. So the words, um, you know, as we've gone on, people have come to know me as a man of faith. And so the words, um, I don't use the words nearly as much now. Mm -hmm. And I allow my life to try to speak uh, volumes for me and, and really represent my faith and represent my savior uh, the best way I can. But, you know, that was kind of how the process went. But it was important to me early on to uh, to make sure people understood where I was coming from, what I believed in uh, and what was going to be the guiding force in my life. And I like the idea, Kurt, that you're saying that the words are important, but that actions are as important or more important for saying, I not only say I believe it, but I'll practice it. Now, is this man of faith, Kurt Warner, has this been a consistent road? In other words, throughout the journey of your life, has it always been strong or have there been valleys in your life faith-wise too? Um, you know, well, first and foremost, you know, I was raised in the church. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I had a background in what we might call faith or the Bible or, or however you want to term. I had a background and understood the stories. I understood who Jesus was and what he'd done for me. Right. But for a long period of my life, um, you know, faith wasn't uh, about a relationship. It was more about, okay, my faith was over here and I was over here. And they only seemed to, to truly intersect when something went wrong in my life and something went wrong. And I kind of looked at God as kind of like a spare tire where, Oh, I got a flat tire right now. Let me run to the back. God, you're helping me out. You're my spare tire. Get me to where I need to go. And then you're going to go back in the trunk. And so a lot of my life, you know, until I was probably 26 years old, was kind of like that. Is that I knew I had a background, mm -hmm. went to church and did all of those things. But the relationship part of it didn't really materialize until I was 26. And, you know, through the challenge of you know, the lady that would become my future wife and some teammates of mine, um, I really went in search of why I believed what I believed. And in that process came to find out that, you know, life really isn't about me. Mm -hmm. It's about God. And, you know, for a long time it was, okay, life's about me and God's here for me. And then eventually I started to realize, oh, wait, life's about God and I'm <laughs> here for him. Um, and so, you know, that happened at about 26. I was very fortunate. It happened right before I got into the NFL. Mm -hmm. And so um, by that point, as everything started to come at me and the success started to come, I was very grounded in who I was and what I believed at that point in time. And so since that point, 
I can't say I've had a lot of ups and downs. Of course, you know, I think there's always ebbs and flows and your relationship with anybody as mine is with God. You know, sometimes I feel maybe closer or, or more dedicated to, to how I want to have that relationship and other times not. Yeah. But I don't think there's ever been, you know, what I would call peaks and valleys in, in terms of questioning my belief and what I stand for and, mm-hmm. and who Jesus is and what he did for me and what God's role in my life is. Uh, but there was a long period of time where uh, I was more, you know, selfishly focused on my, myself and, and my goals and my dreams. And my faith was really just a part of that. But then since the point where uh, that relationship has really come into things, I feel like, you know, for the most part, and again, you know, I'm not going to say always, but for the most part, uh, I feel pretty good about the way that I've always tried to allow God to lead me as opposed to Mm -hmm. me leading God and and the life that he's given me. Kurt Warner is our guest. Kurt, a lot of uh, parents and grandparents listening to a show like this will say, well, I, I believe what Kurt does about Jesus Christ. I believe in my faith, but I haven't mastered yet the art of finding the best way to plant good seed in my children, my grandchildren. How do we pass the faith that we love onto the kids that we love? Have you and Brenda any any kind of guideline on what works, what doesn't work in terms of making them see the value of the faith that we love? Yeah, well, you know, I tell you what, we're, you know, we've got seven children. And so the <laughs> thing that uh, that you learn in life is that, you know, whether it's children or it's it's teammates or, or whatever that is, a congregation, is that everybody's different. Yeah. And so you, there's not just, to me, one roadmap to connect to seven different children that see things and live completely differently. And so our role is always trying to to figure out you know, how do we share and how do we impact all of our kids with the things that are important to us, knowing that it's probably going to be different with all of them. Um, but, you know, one lesson I learned when I was in college was the importance of practice. And mm-hmm. for a long time, you know, I kind of thought, well, wasn't, isn't it really just about, you know, being under the lights? And when you're in those big moments, it's doing the right thing and doing really well in those moments. Um, you know, so kind of like in parenting, well, you know, when it's time to, to really speak into my kids' lives or, or give them a lecture, man, I got to be really good in those moments. Right. But what I realized is that 99% of our lives are spent in practice, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, not up in front of my congregation or, you know, lecturing my kids on a soapbox or, you know, playing, you know, a game on a Sunday afternoon. Most of our time is in practice. And so what I've realized is that I've got to practice what I've what I preach. I've got to make sure that my life, even when I'm not sure anybody's watching, even when I, I'm not sure my kids are watching, that my life lines up with what my faith is and mm-hmm. what I believe and, and what God's called me to do, because I believe that pays bigger dividends than anything else that we do is I want them to see how you're supposed to love your spouse or, or love your wife. Right. I want them to see how you're supposed to, to, to love your kids, how you go about your job and, and, and putting your priorities in place and, you know, work ethic and, and all of those things. So I believe that for me and, and my wife, the most important thing is how we live our daily lives, mm-hmm. what we do and how we treat people and how we love people. And that doesn't mean we're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean we're not going to disagree on different things, but it's important to us how we practice, how we live our everyday lives. Um, and we believe that's the greatest expression of our faith. And we believe that that's what our kids are going to always gravitate to. And now, 
you know, we're going to be like a lot of parents where, hey, it's Sunday morning, get in the car, we're going to church, you know, or, you know, we're doing a Bible study or we're going to have our, our moments where we talk about faith in the Bible. But I just believe first and foremost, it's about being a representative of what our faith is, being a representative of Jesus on an everyday basis is yeah. what ultimately is going to, uh, you know, to, to allow them to see who we yeah. are and what we believe in. And then it's going to be, you know, we're, we're going to be able to, to take those moments to truly share the faith and the Bible and, and those things that we believe in different settings. Uh, but that's where it's going to really be able to, you know, they're going to be able to grab a hold of it because they're going to understand, oh, yeah. I see dad doing this, or I see mom doing this, or I see them trying to do this, you know, giving back charity work, you know, taking our eyes off ourselves, all those different things, you know, that we learn from watching Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we got to represent that first to our kids and show them that's who we are. And then we're able to expand on why we are that way and, and what we're trying to do and what our, what our goals are in life from a faith perspective. Kurt wonders how I guess Kurt every weekend I get to celebrate weddings and to prepare how to preach I ask the couples hey of anybody in the world why is this the one there's a billion people out there you could have married why is this the one if someone had requested that of you about Brenda why Brenda of all the billions of choices out there what she got that made you say I can do 50 or 60 years with this woman um, well man I don't know if any of us understand what 50 or 60 years is <laughs> yeah. uh, we're 20 years old and what that means uh, you know, I think the biggest thing um, was, you know, first, at the time, she was my best friend. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't think there's any greater way to spend the next 50 or 60 years than being able to share it every day with your best friend. Um, I think she challenged me. You know, I think there was a level of, there was obviously a level of comfort with her. Mm -hmm. But I think was, there were some things that were uncomfortable, that she helped to make me uncomfortable at times and, and push me to become more and greater than I was. And, and I love that aspect of things. That's always been something that's been in my DNA is I, I don't ever want to be in the status quo as I want to be around people or I, I want to be in settings that can push me to become greater, that can challenge me to become more. Um, and so, you know, falling in love with, the, with a woman that did that for me, yeah, there's times that you can go, man, you know, this could be tough for 50 or 60 years. But I look and this could be awesome to see that I've got someone next to me that's going to constantly push me and challenge me. And why do I do what I do or believe what I believe? Or, you know, why do you parent the way that you do it? And, and I think we all have to, you know, that the old verse, you know, iron sharpens iron. You know, we hear that. We, we talk about that all the time. Right. Um, and, and I think that's what you know, I wanted is I wanted a relationship that was always going to sharpen me and it was always going to push me. Uh, and it wasn't going to allow me to be comfortable in life, no matter what I was doing. Um, and that to me is what made the next 50 or 60 years exciting was, you know, it wasn't like, okay, I know everything about Brenda and I know exactly what she's going to be. And I'm just going to get that for the next 50 right. years. You know, she, she left me, you know, wondering, uh, every day on what I was going to get, what was going to be next. And, and I think that's the part of it is that that, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? When you have somebody that challenges you or somebody that's, that's up and down and, and all over and challenging yourself and doing different things. But to me, I just always felt that's what life was all about. And so uh, that was one of the things that I loved about her is that I knew she would never just allow me to stay at the status quo, that mm -hmm. we were going to spend the next 50 or 60 years 
challenging each other, growing together, pushing our limits. And to me, that's what I wanted marriage to be. I wanted to do that with my best friend right. uh, every single day of our lives. And you know, up to this point, it hasn't been it hasn't been fifty yet. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're at about twenty three, um, but but it's like that. And you know, I think I feel like every day is is new, and every day is something I look forward to. And she's still the person that that I enjoy being with more than anything else. Whether mm. you know we're challenging each other and you know and we're fighting about something, or whether we're sitting in in bed, uh, you know, watching a movie together. Uh, I enjoy the entire process with Brenda. And that to me is what I think marriage should be about is you enjoy the process. Not that it's always great, right? Because, you know, it's just, it's not the way life is, is that anytime you're in a relationship, you're not always going to be see eye to eye and, uh, you know, be in the same place at the same time. Um, but regardless of all that, I, you know, I enjoy all of those moments uh, mm -hmm. and, and the person that she makes me and, and pushes me to become. And, um, you know, and I look forward to the next 25 or 30 years uh, in hopes that we can continue to do the same thing and uh, be so much better at the end than we were at the beginning. Please stay with us. We'll be back with more of our interview with former NFL quarterback Kurt Warner in just a moment. every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. I am absolutely delighted to be joined by former NFL quarterback and Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. Uh, for our listeners, Kurt Warner, believe it or not, is about to have a film come out about his life. Uh, and that made me think of, in your book, First Things First, Kurt, you say, when you're in a career like mine, it's easy to get full of yourself or, on the contrary, down on yourself based on your current performance. Brenda is the person in my life who always reminds me of the truth of who I am, not what I do. I mention all that because, first of all, I want you to tell us a little bit about the film. And when they're making films about your life and you're not even dead yet, Kurt, <laughs> like, how do you keep your feet on the ground? Like, what keeps you the obviously humble man that you really are? Um, well, I mean, you know, I think it all starts with my faith and understanding really why I'm here. Um, you know, there was a there was a long period of time through my journey where I would look up to God and, and say, God, why me? You know, wh why do I have to go through this part? Or why do I have to sit on the bench and get cut and work in the grocery store and, and bounce and do all of this? You know, why me? And, you know, it's amazing how we gain perspective over the years. And 
you know, as, as my career developed and as I finished my career, uh, now I find myself quite often looking up at God and going, God, why me? God? Why did you choose me <laughs> for this incredible journey and this incredible ride? And so, you know, perspective is really what it's all about. And, and I think my faith has continually given me perspective is that, you know, as this journey played out and, and as I had some of the successes and as you said, as the movie's being written and worked on right now, I've really always looked at it and said, man, how can I use my life and my experiences and, and what God's brought me through and my wife as well? She's got an unbelievable story as well. Um, what, what God's brought us through to impact the lives of other people, to encourage and inspire other people or, or lead them down a path of faith to find uh, you know, more, more depth and understanding in their own lives. And so I think that's been the greatest thing. And I mentioned it earlier. I, I feel so fortunate that I took the journey that I did, but most importantly, that I found and got grounded in, in my faith and beliefs before I got to the NFL. Right. Because I, I think so often we, we define ourselves by what we do. And it's very easy to do in, in sports. Um, you know, as you said, you know, the highest high, man, I'm great, to the lowest low or the media saying you're not very good. Oh, man. You know, and we allow those things to kind of shape us and, and, you know, and we, you know, flow through the wind kind of, you know, whatever it's like that particular day and whatever it's telling us that particular day. But I felt very fortunate that uh, I went through that journey because I felt it was a training ground and kind of a preparation period to figure out who I was, what I was all about, um, so that when I made it to the NFL, no matter what happened, right? I mean, I found myself on three different teams and benched numerous times while also, you know, winning a Super Bowl and winning MVP, you know, so, you know, such highs and lows, you know, mountaintops and, and valleys in my career. But I never felt like that ever defined me, that I really felt like I knew who I was and, you know, what I was going to be grounded in and what defined, you know, me more than, than anything else that happened around me. You know, we often use the, the term in our family, Never let your circumstances define you. Yes. And I think it's a very hard thing to do, uh, but it's kind of how I've tried to, to model my life. And so, you know, as all these things happen, it really has come, you know, become for me, okay, you know, God's trying to use me in different ways. You know, what ways does he want to, what door does he want to open? And, and, you know, where should I walk through and how can I have impact in that? You know, and so you've got, you know, all these crazy things, like I said, from, Winning the Super Bowl, you know, how do you handle that situation to represent uh, your savior the right way? Okay, now all of a sudden you find yourself on the bench. Okay, how do you how do you do that the right way? Um, you know, it, through those peace and valleys. You know, I I did dancing with the stars. Um, you know, and I had a lot of people in the church, uh, you know, that said to me, "How in the world can you do dancing with the stars? How can you go <laughs> and do those sexy dances or whatever?" you know, with somebody that's not your wife. And so I had to navigate through that, that I felt like it was a, a great opportunity to represent my faith and represent my marriage and, and do a show like that, you know, what you might call a, a more secular show mm -hmm. uh, in an honoring way um, to what was important to me. And, and I feel like oftentimes God calls us to the world to be a light and to represent something different. So you navigate through that. Now, you know, that they're doing you know, the movie on my life. And you kind of navigate through that because you understand that, you know, there's creative license 
And, you know, there's a lot of people involved in what do you share and what do you not share? And, uh, you know, how do you make it the kind of film that you want, but, but keep it true to the essence of who you are to, to show people that it, you know, wasn't all easy and, and you weren't all perfect along the way. You know, when that gets put up on a big screen and magnified, you know, mm-hmm. you can go back and forth like, oh, let's let's cut out all that garbage stuff and pretend like it's really great. And so, um, you know, I just think life in general has, has humbled me. My faith has humbled me because there's been lots of goods and, and, and lots of bads and, and lots of struggles and lots of triumphs. Um, but I look at it all as, as a means of being able to try to to impact other people in a positive way. And, um, and I think that's what grounds us because no matter what you have done about you, even if somebody's making a movie at the end of the day, you want to make sure it's honoring to to believe in, and you want to make sure that it's inspiring to other people and can help them uh, to grow and move forward wherever that finds them in life, you know, and that's really why there is a movie is because, you know, we've had so many ups and downs and so many people can associate to that because that's what life is. You know, life isn't all, you know, roses and, and it doesn't always work out perfect, um, yeah. you know. And so uh, that's been one thing that we've always tried to hang on to is, man, you know, God's given us a story. I mean, you know, when, when you pick up the Bible and read it, it's about a bunch of people that are limited human beings, right, that have lots of flaws that God's been able to kind of come in and join with them and they've made themselves available and they and they've got books in the bible and they've impacted lots of people and we kind of look at ourselves in that same way is that by no means are we these special individuals that have it all put together and have superpowers we look at it as you know individuals that have flaws uh and limitations uh but we've made ourselves available to god to use us in, in whatever way possible and we're trying to do our best to um, to allow them to do that in powerful ways. And so uh, that's really how we've looked at our lives and how we look at all these crazy situations that we found ourselves in. Um, and then we hope at the end of the day that, uh, that we're being good stewards with what God's given us. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, our lives are a means of being able to reflect him um, and, you know, and inspire and impact people along the way. I want to thank Kurt Warner for being with us. I hope folks around the country will also dig up a copy of his book, First Things First, because really in the end, the first things first refers to faith and family. If you get that right, everything else follows. And yes, Kurt Warner has had huge success in the secular world. But most importantly, he seems to have gotten relationship with God, relationship with family right. And as he highlighted today for us, that's the aim of all of our lives. That makes sense of all of our lives. Kurt, thanks for being on our show. Much success to you both in family and in faith in years to come. We'll all be looking for that Kurt Warner movie too. Thank you for being with us, Kurt. Oh, you bet. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. I enjoyed the conversation and uh, I hope someday we get to get a chance to do it again. As we end today's program, I want to thank all of you for being with us. If you'd like to listen to our Personally Speaking podcast, some of our more recent shows, you can go to YouTube, and just look us up on Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Lasanti and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. You can also listen to past episodes by going to www.CloseEncounterTV.com and clicking on the radio button at the top of the page. And additionally, you can have episodes of Personally Speaking available to you at www.OLLMP.org. And on that website, you'll not only get the shows, but also Monsignor Jim's weekly homilies. We're also on Facebook, personally speaking with Monsignor Jim Asante. I'm privileged to serve. 
as host and executive producer, personally speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully we'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.